0: A few weeks ago we talked about preparation as it reads in Ephesians 6 and verse 15 and your feet shod with uh, preparation and so we'll be speaking about that tonight and then Lord willing we'll get next to next week and um, because we won't cover it tonight and just go through a couple of rows and we'll have a little one of these to give out we might shrink it down a bit. It'd be good to plastic coat it. What do you call it? Laminate it. That's it, back and front, so you can put it somewhere and it lasts a long time. So you can just have those on hand, and uh, to share the, the good news. Preparation of the gospel of our feet shod. We're talking about shod feet, <clears throat> shoeing a horse. I mean, when this was written, that's what was. I was thinking, your feet shod. And people could immediately think of that. We're over in, no, up in Koff's Harbour. And at the other end of Koff's Harbour, just near the shopping centre there, there's, on the right going out, there's a Dutch, little Dutch village thing. Yeah, (laughs) And uh, you go in there and he shows you how to make a clog. I should have bought it. You get one free. But you have to pay for the other one. So I've got one foot (laughs) amongst all of us. (laughs) But uh, it's so very awkward and hard to wear. No flexibility in a a clog. But I wonder if we've got our clogs on. Uh, Are we prepared as we go to share the gospel? When the opportunity arises, are we ready to share? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of the gospel of the death, the burial and the resurrection. Thank you for the glorious gospel that brings light to men and liberty to their soul and spirit that has to ours, it can to others. And may we be prepared to take this glorious news, this good news, this news from heaven to lost and dying people. And may they be receptive, Lord. It's the simplicity of it that sometimes baffles them. But Lord, I pray that they would accept the message. Even the ones that have been shared, that has been shared with this week, may they understand and believe. Save their souls, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> now, if you've got your little fill-out thing, we've got the different ones to fill out there. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 preparing to go preparing our feet to be shod getting the gospel shoes on second timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 preach the word the instant in season and out of season reprove rebuke exhort with all long suffering and doctrine preach the word in season and out of season Learn, if you've got a fill in, learn the, in season and out of season. Learn the season. <laughs> learn when it's time to plant. There are times when you're talking to an individual, you just know it's not, not the time. You can, you can hit them hard and all the rest it might drive them further away than draw them to. But the Lord will give you wisdom to know and discern when it's time to say something about the gospel. You don't want to get them to the point where you're sort of backing them up against a wall and you believe or else Uh, that just drives them away. You need that discernment, the season of the soul. There is a time for everything, isn't there? And where does it tell us there is a time for everything? Yeah, right there in that reference there. (laughs) We've got it written Chapter Three, Ecclesiastics, <clears throat> verses one to eight. There's a time there's a, to everything; there is a season. There's a time to every purpose un, under heaven. <clears throat> you might say, when do you think it might be a great season for the preacher to share the gospel, and people to be more receptive than at other times? Okay, in Easter, yes. Funerals. 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 Because they're thinking of the departed loved one, gone. Where are they? What's gone? What's happened? And so, yes, and there's a season, that's a good season to share the gospel with people. There's a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die. Time to plant, time to pluck up, that we just planted. Time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. And life seems to go like that, doesn't it? There's always a time and it doesn't seem to be enough time to do all the times. The things that we have got on our plate to do, but God give us wisdom to do what we, God, he wants us to do. And time to mourn and time to dance, a time to cast away stones and time to gather up stones. We've done both that. Three boys in the family. Here's the, here's the tractor and the trailer. Go and pick up all the stones. Dad would play at the paddock. Drive the machine. We had to pick up the rocks. <laughs> time, to, time to gather up stones. At the same time, we put them down in the yard where the bulldozers run over them and squash them. And we have got a good foundation. But a time to cast away. Time to pick them up. Time to embrace. A time to refrain from embracing so there's a time and there's a season so learn the season now I'm going to do this haven't se- haven't set this up at all rather done when's the last day you should plant canola uh,
1: about the 14th of May
0: ok and, and start
1: uh, about the 20th of April
0: ok see there's a window there's a season and after that forget it what about wheat
1: 10th of May is the starting point, uh, finishing point about the 14th of June.
0: Okay, you see? <laughs> the farmer knows what to do. I mean, sorry, ex-farmer. Knows <laughs> when to sow it.
1: You can't argue with the calendar hmm The good Lord has a certain length of daylight hours. Mm-hmm.
0: Germinates at the right time, doesn't it?
1: Well, if you go out and plant your watermelons in June, if the seed could talk to say, "You fool, I'm not going to stick my head up now." <laughs> he was
0: right. <laughs> it's a season. Gets frosted. Mhm. And and if you, what is it? The wheat gets frosted if you plant it too late, or how does that work?
1: Well, if you plant, plant too late, the when it's say with a wheat crop, when it's trying to uh um, yeah, yeah. Uh, set the grain the process of fertilisation takes place within a course of about two or three hours yep. it's over in no time at all mm-hmm. uh, what they call a the time of uh, anthesis takes place in the course of just a few hours and if the weather's hot at that time it doesn't work yep. the temperature has to be right
0: Yep. see there's more technical things happening out there that the Lord set programmed these things into these seeds and folks is it any different with the gospel you see there is a season there's a time to do these things I think it's very practical you could, you could give that talk to little ones I think they can understand it And um, bring one in capture it while it's flowering <laughs> put it in a bottle <laughs> and say shake it or whatever there's a season. And for souls, you know when they're ready and ripe. God gives us wisdom for, for that. Okay, let's turn to first to, to Isaiah. Maybe we should have put learn the season. Well, that's sort of the big general thing, and it sort of narrows down as you go through these. Isaiah 28 and 24. The gospel shoes, remember. <clears throat> Now, yeah. <clears throat> doth the ploughman plough all day to sow? Doth he open and break the clods of his ground? When he hath made plain the face of it, doth he not cast abroad the fitchets and the scattered the common and cast in the dill, now the principal wheat, <laughs> and the pointed barley and the rye in their place? For, God, for his God doth instruct him, to discretion and doth teach him so <clears throat> learn the seasons and be ready for something we're going to look at in a minute I don't want to give them all away <laughs> but what must we do before we put it in put the seed in we must plough plough plow. 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 do you know the difference between a? I might get this wrong <laughs> a plough a tiller a rotary hoe, a harrow. Um, what else do you want to <laughs> add in there? Scarifier. Scarifier. I call that the tiller because we use little ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the, the, the discs. The, the, we had some great big discs. You can only pull with a D7. And after you cleared the bush, you'd plough with these discs, which were like a a, a plough, a 3 for a plough, that's what we used in the, on the little Ferg, on the Ferguson, but it had a big round discs. You know the things you put at the back of your fire, the, the disc. But it had heaps of those offset, and you plough it through, pull it through, and or dig up roots or chop up wood this thick and just chop it up into foot blocks. As it run over it, you put big weights on it. It's five ton plus, five ton, about ten ton, and I'd chop up everything and mulch it up a little bit You're getting it ready to plant a paddock. But you've got to plough, but you couldn't just put the seed in by ploughing it with that thing, with the Cornachet offset discs. What did you have to do? You had to gather the sticks. Then you had a stick rake. We pulled out with the D6. Christian Kemper did it for one of the farms down here with my D6. So I took a picture of him, and all you could see was the cloudy dust comes through the paddock. <laughs> he was in there somewhere. But then, then you do, do it over again and you break it down you break the clods down there's a lesson in this for us as we sow the gospel isn't there you, know, you don't plough and this comes up in great big curly bits of, when we were kids I remember dad used to plough the paddock and we used to hide and seek in the plough it would turn the grass upside down about that deep and you'd have great big curls of um, grass upside down and you'd hide in the in the curl of it all but <clears throat> There's a lot of preparation goes into it. When the gospel is given, there's preparation. There's breaking down barriers. There's sometimes becoming a friend to the person. You see, if you go in, if, if someone comes to you, a you, salesman at the door, You, bit, I'm apprehensive when they come to the door. It's just, the, you know, and you look at their tag, what are they selling? You know, I'm busy, what are you up to? What do you want to sell? <laughs> you giving something away. But you don't know them. But a person that knows you is more likely to receive from you that which you have to share. They, they know you. They know your character. They know your reputation. You've got some integrity. You've got a, you know, a connection. Who are the people that you have like that? There might be family members. You don't see them a whole lot. You might see them at Christmas and Easter or something. There, there are other... There's work... Work people, they know the integrity of you, they know your trustworthiness. They know you're a person of your word. You know, you're ploughing the paddock. You're harrowing, you're tillering, you're, what was that word you used instead of tillering? Scarifying. Scarifying Scarifying the paddock. In preparation for something to come in the moment. And this is what Isaiah is talking about. Jeremiah, turn to chapter 4 and verse 3 of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 4 and verse 3. It says, For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. Today, the farmer doesn't do the scarifying or tilling or disking. He gets a drum of (laughs) Roundup, sticks it in his Then closes his cabin, turns his air conditioner on, puts his booms out, and goes, how many metres wide? Well, now some of them are well over 30 metres wide. 30 30 metres wide with the boom spray. The little foam thing drops out at the end, so he knows when he turns around, unless he's got a GPS, that's probably what he does now, that it doesn't double up or or miss a bit. He goes down the paddock, and and, and they call it a plough and a drum. Now, we're benefiting from that because we've got abundance of food. But, hey, there's all that poison going out in the paddock. <laughs> and that round-out might be banned in the near future. But you've got to prepare. Either it's round-up or you turn the grass upside down, expose the roots to the sun, kill the grass, and then you do it again to, when it germinates some more after it rains and till it again. That's how they used to do it. And how many times do you have to work it? Two times? Probably three or four times. And that's a lot of diesel Mm -hmm. in a big paddock. And
1: your soil is exposed all through the summer.
0: Yeah, that way it is.
1: For dust storms. The greenies don't like
0: it. They don't like ground up either. They don't like anything. (laughs) But in the preparation of the gospel and having our feet shod, let's realise there's a lot of preparation. To kill the weeds, to get it softened, to break down the clods, to get rid of the resistance, to live a life and an example before unsaved people, your neighbours, friends, family. Um, What's the other? Hosea talks about this too in chapter 10 and verse 12. Isaiah chapter 10 and, and and you know God breaks down he breaks down resistance too. He he has a he has a better better way he's he's perfect in his approach to people. You can you can think back to when you got saved how the Lord broke down the resistance. And I think each of us would have a testimony to share what the what the Lord did to break up the clods to prepare us for the gospel to to receive that. It said says here in ten twelve, sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, just like it's said there back in Jeremiah, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and reign righteousness the so appropriate rain righteousness upon you, and without his righteousness we're not saved. And God wants to reign righteousness upon us as he's prepared our hearts to receive his righteousness by faith, and not by works. As we've been learning in the morning service. Let's go to the next one. So, learn the seasons, learn to plough, cut it straight. <laughs> As one farmer, a relative the other day, he goes two kilometres, one run. I think I said that last week. Two kilometres in one way and dead straight, GPS. <laughs> and, and next year, they might sow that far apart. Next year, they sow between the rows. <laughs> Old farmers couldn't do that in times past. In in the accuracy of that, to benefit the crop. But Matthew nine and thirty eight. Yes. What's this one? Not going to get them all done tonight, don't. <laughs> Someone finds that they could read that Matthew nine thirty eight, please. Great. okay that's what do we need to do we learn to pray pray. it's god's business jesus said he came to seek and to save save that which was lost that's his it was his mission to come and he, he wants us to pray to him that a harvest comes that souls trust him for their salvation so pray ye the lord of the harvest that he will send forth labourers into his harvest. I think we've passed the point of the peak of missionaries going out, haven't we? And now I think it's on the decline. There used to be a lot more like Baptist mid-mission, so I think they had 1,500 there at one stage. ABWE had about that, that's from America, going out. Us in Australia, we've kept the average up for the size of the churches and that missionaries we have going out from our churches but pray ye the Lord of the house so that he his send forth these people learn to pray and not only should we pray for the people to go but also for the Lord to work as these people go and on the field uh, missionary comes get you get excited we do we genuinely yep, get involved in our mind and thoughts with the person that comes and we, we'll pray for your brother. Tell us, honestly, do we pray for them? It'd be better to say, when the Lord brings you to mind, I'll pray for you. So that we do keep our promise. And when the Lord brings them to mind, we pray for them. And pray for them more often, deliberately have them written down so that we might pray for them What's First, first Timothy chapter two, and verse one reads: "There I exhort therefore, first of all, supplication, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks, be made for all men, for all men." And the reference in Luke ten two is the same as Matthew nine thirty eight. Learn the seasons. Learn to plough. Learn to pray. Now Matthew chapter thirteen. <clears throat> And verses 1 to 9. But don't forget the preparation of getting the soil ready, working on the soil, befriending them, (laughs) neighbours. And remember, Ian Ian Meredith over the fence, neighbour. He's a, a heavy vehicle inspection man. And just um, start talking to him, generally about things, because heavy vehicles, I could talk about that to him. Um, he come over, we built, we extended, and he wanted to extend, so we gave him our plans, and showed him what we did, and he's over in the shed, and I just went through the gospel plainly with him one day. In between that, his mum came, and looked after their children one day, and she saw me out in the backyard, and said, hey, hey. Yeah, I, I, but uh, and I, <clears throat> I went over. We had a chat. I said you're a Christian. You've been talking to my son. Thought I'm in trouble here. <laughs> I said yes, I have, and I am. She says, well, I am too. <laughs> and I go to the Church of Christ. But we started talking, and oh, we, <clears throat> where'd you become a Christian? Well, it was down at um, Adenak. That's at Marysville, the campsite there, and it was an older people's thing that got they had together. And, uh, and Mr. Les Furlong and May Furlong were there and oh they wonderful I said oh you know what he used to be my Sunday school teacher <laughs> when I was a kid and uh, so it started and, and she, she said well I said you pray and I'll preach <laughs> and I'll talk to your son and, and she did too and what an opportunity and <clears throat> he said after that he didn't come to church once or twice but they already committed themselves to the presidency Presley Church. He said, "I said, you are you saved in?" He says, "Yeah, I got saved in your shed." I said, "Right." <laughs> it wasn't something that I nailed down. And then after that happened, all of the Ian's three brothers and sisters and husbands and wives were all together, and the mum was there, and they were having a, a full on spiritual discussion in a house in Wondonga, at the policeman's house. And they rung me up and said, look, can you come over now? Well, what's about? I want you to answer some questions. And went over there and here's um, 12 adults, 13, 13 adults in the house. And they just asked question after question. went well past midnight. Just all about the gospel. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, what an opportunity where the Lord opened the door. And um, the seed was sown. I can't save the soul, but the seed was sown. And so uh, I went over there the other day. I "I wonder where that house is. (laughs) I don't know if they're still there. But one had to do with Barney's rubble up here too. um, In one of the contacts. You never know where you need to be ready as we pray. And we're going to Matthew 13, won't we? (laughs) Verses 1 to 9. The same day when Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him. So that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude sat on the shore. And he spoke unto them many things, or many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. (laughs) And when he sowed, some seed fell on the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprang up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But other seed fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundred and some sixty and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And so learn. You logically would put sow in there, but I kept the peas going here. Learn to plant. Learn to plant the seed. Did everyone believe that heard the good word from the Lord Jesus Christ? No. No. Some of them heard they got all excited and followed him for a while. And will ye go away also, he said to his disciples, because many went and followed him no more. So there was a a, a drop-off rate, a great drop-off rate. Where his servants, his Holy Spirit works... And pray that there will be those of good ground. And even in the good ground, those that come to church more consistently, there is fruitful. A hundred, sixty and thirty, was it? D- different different um, <clears throat> amounts of harvest come from them. So plant, just keep planting, keep, keep sowing the seed. Um, we'll, we'll go on to the rest the next time and, and finish them off. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 9, plant the seed, sow the seed, don't stop. Let's look at that one, it's tied with this one, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 to 9. <clears throat> this is the preparation of our feet to go and share the gospel. And we'll get to the practical side of sharing it at the, po- at the point at the end when it comes time to, when a person asks you a reason of the hope that is in you. Um, <clears throat> here we have in first corinthians chapter 3 and verse six i have planted apollos has watered but god gave the increase so then neither is he that planteth anything neither is he that watereth anything but god that gives the increase it's god that should we not therefore pray is one of the points before pray more earnestly more often more pointedly for individual people.